Hey everybody, welcome to episode 19 of Dipsomania, the podcast about booze and cocktail culture. I'm Jake, and in this episode Lance and I are taking you to Italy and setting you up for summer as we explore the Americano. Dust off your soda siphon and enjoy. is delightful so we're drinking mm-hmm. americanos mm. which you can really think of as a lightweight negroni you take the gin out of a negroni and you replace it with soda water and it really it, it, it is a much lighter drink as a result yeah and it's low alcohol mm. and just so refreshing i could drink these all day long Look how pretty it is. It really is. Very red. I'm using uh, Barolo Chinato for my uh, vermouth because I have a bottle that I need to – It's those bottles have corks in them. Right. So, yeah, <laughs> there's nowhere to put it. It's a really tall bottle with a cork sticking out of it. So. <laughs> Got to use it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm using the new to my region uh, vermouth Lustau. Um, which is a sweet vermouth that's made with sherry grapes, sherry wine. Oh, and uh, it's delightful. Highly is recommended. It French? Uh, well, I assume it's Spanish if it's sherry. I don't know. Based. Do I know? I don't know. I make it all up as I go, or I look on Google and pretend that I know. Right. Exactly. And today we're drinking Americanos because uh, we're going a little bit lighter for for the benefit of Jakey, who has a thing. A thing to do. I have a birthday party to attend, so. where I assume you'll be drinking drinking more. So exactly. Uh, <laughs> so and that's fine. I spent yesterday drinking margaritas and watching really, really terrible movies. Uh, and apparently, those things go together amazingly well. Tequila and terrible movies. <laughs> I recommend it if you All have right. a, a Saturday with nothing else to do. Which terrible movies did you watch? I watched, I started out with um, the Independence Day sequel that came out last year with uh, everybody but um, Will Smith. Will Smith. There's a picture of Will Smith at the beginning, literally. <laughs> There's a picture on the wall of Will Smith because uh, his character's dead. It is, it's a terrible movie. I didn't realize it's it was just, that recent. I think well, it's just it's just on HBO, and my Apple TV said, "Well, since you like the, these kinds of movies, this is now available in case you want to watch it." Of course. And I I was curious because I enjoy bad, good bad movies. I especially enjoy uh, fairly shitty action movies, and mm-hmm. especially like disaster movies. Yes. Um, one of my favorites is is Day After Tomorrow. It's it's by the same people. It's it's Dev, uh, Devlin and uh, I don't remember the director's name, but they wrote and directed the original, and they did this one as well. It makes absolutely no sense, none at all. Nice, excellent. It's it is crap from beginning to end. <laughs> uh, it does have Jeff Goldblum, which I always enjoy watching him. Yes, absolutely. And it's got uh, the actor who played the president comes back to play crazy president this time out. And it's got uh, Data from Star Star Trek. Oh, Brent Spiner. Brent Spiner uh, re- recapping his role as crazy long-haired scientist 
uh, I can't remember anybody's actual character names, and it doesn't really matter. And it's got the most vanilla of the uh, Hemsworths. It's got Liam Hemsworth. Oh, dear. In place of Will Smith. How many Hemsworths are there? I believe there are three. That's a lot of Hemsworth. Mm Mm-hmm. So yes, yeah, so they just breed them. <laughs> well, I mean, for movies, I guess. Suppose they got one right, and they thought they'd try to keep trying. Uh, so <laughs> the loose... No, but wait, if you get the first one right, why would you keep going? Oh, this one works. Let's <laughs> stop. No, we <laughs> that, can do better. That's not. That's not how people do things. Not how Frankenstein worked. <laughs> so the uh, Vermouth Lustau is Spanish confirmed. Nice. I've never even heard of it. Did you uh, did you meet it in a bar and took it home? Well, I met it in my favorite bottle shop and took it home. Mm. So. I do I do that a lot with vermouths, and I I would say my my hit ratio is probably five hundred. Mm. So 50, is that 50? the correct? Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't know baseball. Yeah, but. no. All right, there well, you go. No bat. Yeah, batting a thousand. Yeah, you got it right. Okay, because I, I I have had some vermouths, and particularly they're the dry vermouths. The the sweet vermouths I think uh, can can mask whatever's bad happening, but the dry yeah. vermouths depend a lot on on its base. And I've had some that are weirdly salty, uh-huh. briny, and yeah. yeah, and some that used uh, to me questionable ingredients. But I was curious. I was like, well, they made it, right? Somebody's buying it. So yeah. let's see what happens. And then, I, you know, my instincts were correct, and I hated it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think I agree with you. I have, I'm not sure I've found a sweet vermouth that I just, like, flat out don't like. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, you can always find something to do with them. Even if you don't want to sip it on a rock or something, they, they will mix. But the dry vermouths have a, they have a particular use, and they're important. Right. And if you get a bad one, it's just going to fuck up your cocktail. Well, and I think Terrible. I think the drinks that you make with sweet vermouth are generally heavier ingredient, you know, heavier flavors. So whiskey mm-hmm. is involved, and you can compensate for just about anything uh, in those drinks, in a Negroni, in a Manhattan, or whatever. And since our uh, Blood and Sand episode, I've been making those a lot mm-hmm. and also introducing other people to them, which means they have to buy Cherry Hearing. But I'm like, well, well, do, yeah. you should do it. Sure. Because it's a really good drink. You're enjoying it right now. Fabulous. I made some for D&D the other night. Excellent. And Diana commented she has never liked them. Like, she, it's not a drink she goes to. And I'm it's, like, it's real. It's so simple. It's got a bad reputation, really. And I think it's because people just <laughs> use, like, normal orange juice. No, her, so for her, it was because she used a scotch that wasn't super peaty. She didn't use, like, an Ardbeg or a Laphroaig. Oh. She thought that would overwhelm it. Uh-huh. And I'm like, you got so much going on in here. You got to have some muscle behind your scotch. Yeah. And I recommended it to. Uh, I think the it guy does who... call for like a blended, like something standard. But I, really, I, I I think the standard recipe calls for just a blended scotch. That's just wrong. That's wrong. Yeah, I think we've. I've. I. I. Uh-huh. And you'll agree with me because you absolutely you, you agree with me. Is it? It gives. It's almost like a mezcal. It gives it a smoky deliciousness that fights, not fights, marries, blends. With the sweetness of the other ingredients, which are all sweet. Um, and I would also recommend it to 
to your friends who um, say they want to like scotch but don't. Right. And if you give them this, it, it gives you the the echoes of scotch, the hints of scotch, without mm. going full-blown into the sweaty Band-Aid. <laughs> because it's got enough sweetness involved. Mm-hmm. To... So you know you're drinking scotch, but there's the other stuff is is there as well. And it's a del- it's delight it's a delightful melding. So I, what I'm pulling from this is Lance's pro tips for an excellent blood and sand are use a peaty scotch and use fresh blood orange juice. Yes, the the peatier the better. Um, and uh, actually, I just I, I used two two. I was making them at Dinah's house, and she had oranges that she had been using for the uh, for the peel. Yeah. So they they weren't they weren't in the best shape. Sure. Um, but they work. I mean, they work perfectly well. And then one, and they were different kinds of oranges. And I think one was much sweeter than the other one. So you oh. kind of had a, a tart sweet blend. Okay. So that all that worked as well. Gotcha. It was a delightful drink. But fresh juice, as fresh as possible. Now I have a question about the the americano. Yes. Is is this considered a breakfast drink? Um. I mean, does this go along with like the Bloody Marys and the the? I, I think it's more like afternoon sort of. On the veranda, siesta time. Uh, even though it's an Italian, what's the Italian version of siesta? I, I'm sure uh, they do. nap. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I bet they do. Europe knows how to live. The reason, and the reason I asked was, uh, so you know, Aviary is opening in New York or opening a a, a branch in New York, right? And and they announced that the, so the aviary in Chicago is only open for dinner. So it opens, I think, at five or six, like you know, a bar would. And they announced that the aviary in New York would be open all day, and they're making special breakfast cocktails. Oh, interesting. And I was wondering to myself, like, why why are certain cocktails breakfast cocktails, and other cocktails are not breakfast cocktails? Is there a cocktail you would not drink in the, like if you were offered a martini, which I think we can both agree is more like one of those, oh, it, I, ha- I have to wait till five or something, you know, to or at least lunch time. Uh, would you drink a martini for breakfast? Uh, it probably depends on how well I had behaved the previous night. <laughs> <laughs> Never say no to a martini. That's a good policy. But if I was fresh and had already had, say, a cup of coffee or something, I'd probably have a martini, sure. I'd probably take it with a twist rather than olives. But Mm-mm. but you know, the Corpse Reviver is a morning cocktail. cocktail. Is it? Oh, well, yeah, the name. I guess I never even thought about that. Cocktails were originally meant to be taken in the morning. They were uh, the hair of the dog to get you over your whiskey binge of the previous night mm. so you so you add a little mixer in there and bitters it's a right. delivery method for bitters basically because they were tonics that were supposed to make you healthy and speaking of bitters i was wondering about what what bitters could we add to an americano that would make it i guess <laughs> closer to a negroni yeah uh, well i mean certainly orange bitters would work because the campari has that sort of bitter bitter orange flavor to it um are there juniper bitters i have wormwood bitters that would be interesting mm, because i might try that for our next round most most vermouths have wormwood involved in the aromatization process uh i was just looking up the americano wikipedia page as we do 
Um, not a whole lot going on, but it's. <laughs> is it? Is it? By by that you mean nobody's really playing with it or playing around with it because it's well just, just so good. Just not a whole lot of information about it. Um, apparently, it's the first drink ordered by James Bond in Casino Royale, the first novel. Hmm. Um, and we can all agree that he's wrong about most cocktails anyway. Well, Ian Fleming is shouldn't be credited. No, making <laughs> <laughs> no that whole shaken not stirred bullshit. So there's a popular belief that in the early 1900s, the Italians noticed the surge of Americans who enjoyed uh, the Americano. And uh, as a compliment to the Americans, the, they renamed the drink. Oh, see, I thought it was... Be I thought, isn't Americano... Doesn't that mean bitter or something in Italian? I thought so, too. Uh, yeah, actually. Um, so it's rooted from Amaro. Mm. So bitter liqueur. Yeah, it was Campari and Punti Mess originally. Together? Yeah. That that seems very bitter. Mm hmm. Wow. I might try that. Do I have any? I think I do. I do too. So that'll be my next. Although I killed my Campari, much to my surprise. Um... Wow. <laughs> yeah, Campari is something you should always keep around. Always, always have. Uh, if you've got. If, if you're building your own bar, kids. Campari, uh, you even if you don't like it, you should have it around because because I might come over and, and I will want a Negroni and everyone else in the world <laughs> loves it. It's weird. I understand if you and I didn't used to like it either, but I have really grown to like its unusual bitter qualities. And none of the analogs are a good substitute. They are mm -mm. All, they all taste completely different and don't work when you're expecting Campari. Correct. Yes, you need and it's it's just it's a gorgeous ruby like just gorgeous color. Uh and whatever you use it in uh benefits from it. Uh you could use a little splash of it if you want to start out if you if you're a little bit afraid of it. Uh but you need it. You do need that odd as I as I have often said coppery taste. If you've ever put a battery on your on your tongue or put a I don't know why you'd suck on pennies, but maybe you do. <laughs> I have sanitary. in life. Um, it's that it's that that sort of odd. Uh, it's not even a. It's a. It's an. It's a. It's experience. It's not really even a flavor. And it, it's just so key. Uh, if you're gonna nerd out on cocktails the way we do, at least you you yeah. sort, you sort of need to learn your way around it. And also the americano, like if you don't, if you if you're if you're like leaning into, so to speak, uh, Campari, and you don't think a Campari and soda is something you're going to enjoy. The Americano is beautiful in that regard because it adds so many notes to what you're drinking. Yeah. And as Jake pointed out, you can gulp these things. <laughs> as we have. Holy cow, it's so easy. What would you... Um, I wouldn't serve, like, cheese with it. I'm not sure. I guess you could do fruit. See, this just strikes me and... It's also what the Negroni is sort of meant to be, is like a pre-afternoon meal sort of ap aperitivo, like to mm -hmm. develop your appetite. And it used, you're you're using a rocks glass? Is that what I, I saw? Yeah. So I'm using a tall, what is this, a Tom Collins? Yeah, Collins glass, absolutely. Um, because I, I really filled it up with the spritzy. I had a beautiful foamy head. Mm -hmm. I was very proud of, of the look of my Americano. Yeah, I was uh the reason I was a little bit late today was I was cutting 
ice. Um, so I, wa- <laughs> I wanted You're to. You're such a nerd. Yeah, I know. Oh my god. But I wanted. But to, I love that. I love that about you. I wanted to use my fresh ice, so that's why rocks glass. Mm-hmm. No, mine are mine are in the uh, the peak silicon ice thingies. Yep. Uh, so that keeps the the flavor. Also, uh, another clue for kids at home. Um, so the peak ice uh, silicon ice makers, not an ice maker. It's an ice mold, mold tray. Uh, has a has a cover. So that keeps some of that weird freezer flavor out of your ice. Is it but also P-E-A-K or E-K? P-E-A-K, yes. Um, and you can get them at Amazon, and they come in three or four different sizes, like giant cubes to regular cubes. Um, uh, the other thing that I found really helpful is you can buy, again at Amazon and probably anywhere, um, uh, charcoal filters that will that you just stick it's it's like putting baking soda in your fridge or freezer okay and it it works amazingly well oh interesting it's like this little sachet and i guess that that's got charcoal whatever something inside of it and you just stick it in the back you know you don't care about it uh and it does help to suck some of that weird freezer flavor out of your ice interesting good tip um i'm still using the old school silicone tray molds uh just because i only use my freezer for ice pretty much because Mm. we have a garage freezer for all the frozen food um (laughs) Mm. that's handy yeah so uh you know i've segregated food out of my ice freezer (laughs) oh yeah the only thing in my freezer and i live in a one-bedroom apartment is gin and vodka so and ice uh, and these are these are silicon uh, molds. They just yeah. haven't they they have a a, a metal rim, so mm. they're easy. They don't like collapse when you're trying to hold them and balance them. Interesting. And and they do have a, a silicon cover that you can just put over the top to and try with, to keep. With the cover, I assume you can actually stack them, which you cannot do with the ones that I have. In fact, you can stack them. Yeah, that would be handy. Yeah, they work pretty well. I was using the baby food things, but it was right. but getting the ice out was always a struggle. Yeah, yeah. Have to run them under hot water or something. Yeah, like and that. for a while, you know, we were in a drought and you can't just like you can't Waste be using water hot like water that. Yeah. to make your ice come out. But you know, did you hear officially we're not in a drought anymore? I did. We had so much rain this season and I, I think we even burst one of our dams that we're we are not in a drought now. I can just I can just stand in the shower for minutes. <laughs> fabulous so uh yeah i i heard you've basically replaced the drought with you know landslides and floods and things well the other problem is the groundwater has to be replaced because we we sucked all the all the water out of the ground as well oh. so the so the, so the ground is collapsing <laughs> and need a lot of snow snow pack snow Snow pack. I was going to say snow pile. That's not right. Hmm. <laughs> uh, and that's got to melt down through the aquifer and blah, 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 and this and that in science. But uh, that's going to take a few years before that happens. Um, but thanks to our uh, super smart president, apparently, he wants to make it even easier to suck water out of the ground here. Sweet. Like he's taking some caps off, just doing whatever the hell you want, because business is more important than people. Absolutely. That's the lesson we've learned. That's enough said about him. <laughs> uh, oh, and so I'm just going to flip back now. So the other movies that I watched were uh, a movie called 
Hell, Hellbenders, Hellbreakers, Hellbenders, low, super low budget, um, and it's about a group, of, uh, a group of five priests of various denominations who are basically action hero exorcists. Okay. So, they, but so <laughs> they have to um, break the uh, seven deadly sins and the ten commandments because they need to be sinners. So that uh, if they face a demon and they can't exercise the demon, they invite the demon into them. And because they've sinned, they know they're going to hell. So it's really, it was really fun. I, <laughs> I, I, I don't, like, I would say a budget of two mil maybe. Uh-huh. Um, it was one actor I recognized and nobody else. And the, the, the CG effects were just terrible. Uh, but I enjoyed it. And um, there was a lot of mumbling and... Uh, but the premise was interesting, and they said cocksucker a lot. And Sweet. I like any Sweet. any movie where they say cocksucker a lot. Excellent. Yeah. And topped it off with a uh, Toho monster movie that I hadn't seen before. This was Godzilla, Ghidorah, Mothra, and Baragon together. Goodness. In this one, Godzilla's the bad guy. Mothra and Ghidorah are the good guys, and Mothra sacrifices herself and becomes a golden shower. What? Literally, literally <laughs> that turns Ghidorah into King Ghidorah because he has he gets her wings. Oh my goodness! To face off against Godzilla, who has the the frozen nuke breath. Oh right! It was fabulous. Three was, was, mar- three three margaritas in. Was super this good. Like a recent one, or just. No, this was from 2001. Okay. Uh, dubbed, as you would expect. Sure. And with all of that great acting that the Japanese are known for. And the, and in, in class, it was a bit... So there's a little bit of CG going on, but it's still the classic man in a rubber suit right, yeah. and wandering around. Fantastic, and fantastic. It was so super satisfying. And, of course, in the end, Ghidorah wins. Or Ghidorah. Ghidorah? Ghidorah? Uh, somebody else, somebody corrects. We yeah. mispronounce everything, so... yeah. It's kind of a thing we do. It's fun. <laughs> we do it on purpose, we'll say. Sure. Nobody can tell different. Well, I've killed it. It's all gone. Yeah. That, that was the brief pause so we could drain our glasses. Super good. Oh, so good. I'm really wondering what I'm going to do next because I... Yeah, I'm I'm interested in the Punta Mess thing because it just seems... Again, it, it's like the Ferrari. It doesn't seem like it should work. Well, I mean, Punta Mess, I often use in my Negroni. Like, I make a really strong, dark Negroni sometimes with Punta Mess, and it's great. All right. I'm I'm willing if you are, and I might even try some bitters in there. Ah. See, I, I obviously have to change from Campari, since I don't have a backup bottle. But, uh... Averna? Yeah, we'll see what I have. And, uh... <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll, we pause for station identification, and we'll be right back. All right, so what did you do? So I did, as, as, as promised, this is Punta Mess and Campari with some Wormwood bitters and, uh, you know, lots of soda water. That uh, Punta Mess really deepened the color. It's I like that. That's really pretty drink. It looks like iced tea. I bet you could fool people. 
<laughs> oh. Huh. Can you can you pick up your bitters at all? Oh yeah. Um it seems more caramely. Mhm. And um something or like black pepper, I guess. Oh, weird. Interesting. So, uh I'll I'll show you that my drink looks no. nothing like an americano. <laughs> it does not. What did you what did you end up doing? So, punta mess. And then in the spirit of killing bottles, I finished off my sfumato, which is oh yeah yeah which, yeah, which is a rhubarb amaro. Um, that was only about half what I needed, so I f also finished off my mazzotti, uh, which is another sort of red uh, ap aperitivo, much like yeah. Campari, but it's got like vanilla flavors and isn't as bright, sort of bitter orange as Campari. Mm hmm. So this is a strange little uh, sort of shelf clearing drink. Yeah, I think you've invented something, but is it good? That's what the audience wants to know. So <laughs> deciding, I, I like it a lot. Um, mm. I actually have a hard time with both the sfumato and the mazzotti. Mm -hmm. Um the mazzotti's like, like like I said with the vanilla it's a little it comes across as sweet but still sort of heavy so I I had a hard time finding uses for it it didn't really work in a negroni for me unless I used something like puntimes to sort of add some bitter um and the sfumato is just really weird like it's smoky and it's got that rhubarb sweetness to it mhm mm mhm mm yep and uh you know i i only found uses for like very small amounts of it in usually whiskey drinks but so together along with puntimes and some bubbly water this is a pretty nice drink mm mine um is growing less interesting the more i drink it okay uh the like immediately there were a lot of interesting top notes happening, but now either because my tongue is numbed by so much stuff going on or I'm getting a little bit drunk, um, it seems, seems less doubtful. less interesting than the the more classic Americano. Although I guess this is the classic Americano. I mean, you didn't change it that much. Nope. Um, I'm going to let it sit there and look at it. It is a pretty, it's, it's orangey, browny, yeah. Less less red. Like I said, it does look like iced tea. It even had like the iced tea like little bit of foam on the top. So mm -hmm. Oh, I wonder if I could just do like a slice of lemon in this. I wonder what that would do. Ooh. Or mm -hmm. lemon or orange, I bet. Mm. Orange, I have I have both of those. Orange might be a little too on the nose. I think a lemon would really brighten it up. Mm-hmm. You wanna try that? Oh yeah, I'm gonna uh, pause. Give right. it an extra spritz there. I, I did. Filled it right filled it right back up. Okay. So oddly, and I don't know how this happened, it tastes more chocolatey. Uh that's interesting. Um I'm sure that <laughs> I'm sure that comes from the punti mess, but Yeah. 
Strange. Uh, the lemon is working. Yeah, I feel like uh, mine would really enjoy a lemon twist in it as well. Um, Do you have a lemon twist? Uh, not at the moment. I'll, I'll survive mm-hmm. without it. Yeah, these Americano is, I think, is turning out to be one of those you can really play around with a lot. Yeah, I think I think that's a good note actually because uh, you know you can it's just one to one with the booze. Mm-hmm. So you can make that one as big or small as you want to and, you know, use as much soda water or as little soda water to make it a stronger or a lighter drink. Um, so you can really play with it. The recipe that I had called for an ounce and an ounce, but I did an ounce and a half and an ounce and a half. I did. I did ounce and a half, ounce and a half as well, because I really liked the Campari flavor, especially. Um I have mm-hmm. really nice sweet vermouth, so I I want to favor those flavors <clears throat> and not dilute, yeah, not dilute them too much. The lemon is now coming through, and I, I it's it is definitely improving things. It adds it adds a um a like you said a brightness that was otherwise missing. Mm, excellent. Mm. <sighs> it's such a perfect summer drink. It is, even though it's fucking cold here in San Francisco. We oh. had a couple of big storms go through, so we're on the backside of a cold front, and it's definitely cold. What, what, well, for us. Yeah, yeah, what what does that mean in San Francisco? I, I, it feels uh, like the uh, temperature varies, like, maybe 20 degrees. Well, if, if you went up north into the Napa-Sonoma, they had frost warnings, so it was, it was definitely cold this morning. Okay. But here, it's probably in the 50s or 60 isn't it always in the 50s or 60s unless uh, unless it's insufferably hot uh we normally hover in the upper 60s so like 70 68 70 so like and then, perfect room temperature most of the time yeah yes <laughs> yes and you Which can just walk outside nobody has air conditioning or nobody has air conditioning yeah, we do have heaters and fans uh, because when it turns hot, then we're all complaining because none of us have air conditioning. Right. Mm. Bubbles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I made a um, a rum and coke. It's just called a rum and coke. It doesn't have a name, does it? Um. Yeah, I think if you add some lime, then you're into Cuba Libre territory. Ah. Uh, because for whatever reason, I had some Coke and I had some rum. I'm not a big rum drinker, but I had both of those things. That's a nice drink, too. Sure. You know, super simple to make. Uh, crowd pleaser, I would think. Absolutely. I mean, I, I go through periods where just a highball, be it, you know, whiskey, ginger, or gin tonic, or rum and Coke, or whiskey Coke, or all those highballs are just so refreshing and so perfect mm-hmm. and, and simple right and you know the americano is a slightly more complicated version but it's it still sort of feels like a highball family sort of drink it's also a reparable drink so if you do feel like you fucked it up you add a little more of this or a little more of that and stir it up and add a little more spritzy and you're good to go yeah it's not like you if you screw up a martini, you kind of have to throw the goddamn thing out and start over. <laughs> but this thing, you you know, that eh, it's not quite hitting the right notes. It needs something. I'll just add a little splash, mix it up, and just keep going. Yeah. 
and you can stretch it too. Like if you get like halfway down your glass and it's like, Oh, it's getting a little diluted from the ice or whatever. You can just dump, you know, one and one of the two components and fizz it up. Yep. And so for soda, do you have a, do you have a soda spritzer? Do you make, do you do the cartridge thing or? Uh, yeah, I have the old school Izzy soda siphon. Is it the metal one? Yeah. So I had so a long time ago I had one of those fancy glass with the chain mail over the top of it. Yeah. But it always scared me that it was gonna, <laughs> it was going to explode. Right. And then I would have like glass and like iron embedded in my face and I'd be a, a, villain, a super villain. Super villain, yeah. The the Izzy thing I if it if you ever overdo it it just comes out the top. Right. It's great. And I know people who have had those and they've failed. Uh, I guess the gasket eventually wears down or something. And, but, mm. but mine has survived for years and yeah. continues to work. So I love it. Well, and I don't know if it's a wives' tale, but I have heard that you fill it with water and put it in the fridge and let let it get cold before you add the bubbles because for some chemical reason, the bubbles get better integrated into the water if the water is cold cold water carbonates better yes i've heard all that. right true because i i do that i don't have any i don't have any testing that i can compare it to but it does seem to like and it does i mean it stays fizzy for a long long time yeah i mean i don't use a lot of soda water but i always have a charged siphon in in my refrigerator i've started using soda water a lot because like I, i've fallen in love with the egg cream Oh, sure. Yeah. Man, I love an egg cream. It's delightful. That's... And again, you can... Uh, so I add Kahlua to my egg cream, or mm-hmm. I add a little shot of whiskey to my egg cream. It's great. Are you off the uh, Shakerado train these days? Lately, yeah. Lately, I'm I'm more on the, the chocolatey than the coffee-y. <laughs> uh, I'll probably go back to the Shakerado. The, the reason I started the Shakerado is because there's um, the cartons of... Uh, Cream like what? It's not drip. It's uh, cold, cold, cold pressed. Brew. Yeah, cold, cold brew. Yeah, and you can get that in cartons, and it just makes making those so easy. You just you know add your little shot of cream and some coffee and whatever else you want in there. Shake the fuck out of it. Yeah, and those cartons and are, are like super concentrated, right? It's almost espresso strength. Yes. Yeah. 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 So it makes it. It. it and then you know you got the ice and you're frothing it all up and it's so good. Now I want one because they are. <laughs> They are really good. I don't know why I got into the egg cream thing other than um, I may have watched like that old episode of West Wing where the president has an egg cream and, and Toby is telling him, yeah, those are from Brooklyn and we've been making them forever, you stupid New Englander. <laughs> I appreciate that. So uh, change of course here. Uh, I know you love old movies. Have you seen How to Steal a Million? Uh, that's Peter O'Toole and Audrey Hepburn? Yes. I haven't seen it in a quite a long time. We watched it last night and it was delightful. I have a I have an odd odd Audrey Hepburn thing in that she always plays Audrey Hepburn. Yeah. But that um, works for me personally. If you like Audrey Hepburn, then you like her in all the, and and I tend to like her. I really love her in um Oh God! Now I can't remember the name of it. It's her and Cary Grant, and it's in Paris. And uh, her husband is dead, 
and she is in the run from these thieves who have World War II money. Someone else remember what this movie is, it's, but it's, it's, it's one not of, Roman Holiday. It's uh, it's not Roman. No, it's okay. later later in her career, later in both of their careers. Okay, it's very charming. Uh, it's also got uh, James Coburn and uh, Walter Matthau, and oh wow! If you liked uh, How to Steal a Million, you will love this film. It's I, I think it's Sidney Lumet as well as the director. Mm. Uh, I'll someone someone at home will figure it out. Sure. I, I'm, I can't be bothered at this point. <laughs> well, but it's really good. I, I had never even heard of How to Steal a Million, and uh, I was just like, well, I like Audrey Hepburn, and Peter O'Toole is always at least hilarious. So, Peter O'Toole is really interesting just to watch him. Well, especially when you know he's like blitzed out drunk all the time. Most of the time, yes. <laughs> the stories that he tells, if, 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 you're ever, if you ever find yourself on YouTube and you look up Peter O'Toole talking with Letterman or anybody else about this. The best. The, the best. So, oh, my God. Peter, just, Peter O'Toole and Richard Harris tell mm-hmm. the best stories of debauchery. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was how to live. I mean, those guys, and, and Richard Burton as well, they, they, they just yes. didn't give a fuck. Not, not one fuck. The only problem with Richard Burton's story is he did eventually get sober, so all of his stories are told with a tinge of regret, Where, mm-hmm. whereas Richard Harris and Peter O'Toole are still like, we were kings! Oh, yeah. We're still kings! They, they did not stop <laughs> being great. They were always great. Hmm. This drink again. Read one of the one of my happy pleasures of doing this little podcast that nobody listens to is that I do rediscover drinks that I don't generally make. It makes us this is another one bit. that I really want to make more of. I make americanos quite often. I have americanos in bars even more because what I will do when I'm out is I'll have one or two boozy drinks and then I'll start tapering. Hmm. Um. And, you know, we only have like a drink per hour, probably even slower than that because we get chatty. And but then I'll switch to an Americano or I, I it's usually bartender's choice. But, you know, something tall and fizzy, low alcohol. Yeah. And they'll just go off and give me something really delightful. Yeah. And I, a Negroni is uh, easy. It's a it's a turn to because it's the equal parts of the three things. So it's so easy to make and to remember. You don't have to look anything up. Um, and this is basically the same thing. And as we start getting into the warmer months, I think this this would definitely be a go to. Um, and the the little the little twist of lemon is adds a, a, a just a, a lovely um, brightness to it it's not sour it's right. almost floral yeah um it's great yeah it's a good it's a good i think a standard americano actually sh- calls for an orange twist um, mm-hmm. it, like a negroni like a negroni and like a negroni it's really worthwhile to do to actually garnish your drink um i'm, mm-hmm. al- I'm always lazy about that as we've discussed yes yeah, me too um we just i just don't have the volume to like actually use the fruit <laughs> once they're all skinned so yes yes uh uh well have D parties and then people will turn up and they'll use your, your use your old fruit sure. as they say yeah um something else occurred to me but it's gone now i don't, oh. I don't remember what it was sad all gone <laughs> uh oh maybe it was soda water 
I do recommend. I know it seems like you can just go buy soda water and use the Schweppes or whatever. But I do recommend like getting the little canisters and making it yourself because it's sort of fun, and it will make you use it more. And you'll be surprised how often you do use soda. Mm-hmm. You can add it to different things. You can you you can lighten up. I the uh, uh, the martini slash uh gin and tonic mix thing yeah. that you serve in the the wine goblet is mm-hmm. another perfect perfect example of that that yeah. it it's something that you lighten up and you don't think it's going to work but it totally works yeah and really it especially a freshly charged soda siphon is so much more carbonated than anything you get in a bottle and it it's just adds dryness and sort of bubbles, you know, airiness. And it's, it's impressive to your friends who turn up when yeah. you pull out the siphon and you're, you're spritzing that. It just the bubbles are small and, and nice and it does make a nice foamy head. It's not like pouring a bottle in and then you mix it with a spoon. You're kind of like here. Yeah. Like literally I didn't, I didn't mix this, right? I just poured the ingredients into the glass and then you let the soda mm-hmm. do the mixing. And Voila! Voila! Exactly. Yeah, the the stream from the siphon will mix your entire glass. Uh, sometimes you get a little uh, splashback from spinning ice cubes and stuff like that, but that's part of the fun. Um, <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I have noticed uh, at some of my favorite bars that they will use bottled soda water, but they will put the booze in the glass and then some of the soda water and then the ice. Which makes it fizz up. Oh. And then top it with the rest of the soda water. And then mix stir? Uh, just barely, like with the straw when they're serving. Okay. So I, I, think, I think that agitation from the ice and that sort of explosion of bubbles um, is, <laughs> is, is the mix. Do you keep straws around? I don't. I do. Uh, especially for my wife because she's afraid to drink with a big rock in a glass because it'll hit her in the face yeah yeah um i don't have that fear because i have a bushy mustache and stuff to protect <laughs> me but um <laughs> yeah it's fun <clears throat> well i was wondering i think uh like so i, have I actually friends... have the little black drink straws the little tiny ones okay i um, was gonna ask because I have friends who have like the the metal straws yeah. that you can put in the dishwasher and and whatever, and then I have a uh, you know you can just get plastic straws or bendy straws or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering what was proper, what's considered proper. Well, I use metal straws for uh, larger drinks. So uh, Collins glass, I have sort of bent metal straw, and mm-hmm. um, I also have some sort of large gauge straight metal straws that are actually most useful for things like milkshakes and stuff like that. Hmm. Um, and then I also have a smaller gauge straws with the little spoons at the end. They're like julep straws. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those are really, I use those mostly in my gin tonics because I, oh. I put my gin tonics in the big wine goblets, the stemless wine goblets. And those straws are perfectly sized for that. So what do you? What is your take? I'm going on out on left field now. What is your take on frozen drinks? Because I was there was I mentioned this week on my Twit feeds. Uh, I was reading an article. I think it was either in Imbibe or something. 
uh, about the new, so the new sort of high-end cocktail bars that used to be speakeasies and you used to feel like you had to be special to walk into, they're really trying to bring them down and be a neighborhood bar. Right. So the the, uh, the bartender who invented the penicillin for uh, milk and honey is now making a frozen version called the penicillin. Right. And uh, which sounds delightful, and yeah. I would definitely make it. Uh, but I tend to I tend to not make frozen drinks because it's there's a lot involved in getting to that. Like even I, I do I don't. I don't mind a frozen margarita. I prefer a margarita on the rocks, but yeah. once in a while, you you kind of want that delicious slushiness. I but then lo- you got to get the blender out. And right. Blah, 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 blah. So I love slushy drinks, and I was super excited when the big trend was uh, slushy Negronis. Although mm. I never actually had one. I knew places <laughs> that were serving them, but I never actually managed to get one. Um, so I can't say whether it was awesome or not. And they and they're just using like those big New Orleans slushy machines, right? They're not they're not blending them one at a time. They no, just have like they're a... using the big industrial yeah, commercial yeah, yeah, yeah. machines, which uh, I I don't think I want to buy one. No, because they start at $2,000. <laughs> Did you look it up? <laughs> yes. Just in case, put it out in the garage. I don't know, maybe I'll use it. Well, when you posted the penicillin I, sh- I shared that with somebody at my uh, new job who is also a booze and food nerd. Um, and she got all excited. <laughs> As did I. And I was like, I, I-, I want a commercial grade, but yeah. low volume, um, say three spigot slushy machine. Mm-hmm. So, th- so that you could have three awesome frozen drinks, but not have to commit to having gallons of them. Yes. Um, so that's what led us to shopping, so two, two, shopping two, the commercial. Two grand. Yeah. And so, and so far, no one's come up with like your home bartender version of like a little keg, kegerator. Sort no. Of thing. And uh, you can do like a Negroni Granita in the freezer. Mm, as I have. And that's delightful. The gin tonic granita is also great. Yeah. You put a little cucumber in it. But, uh, you know, I have a crappy blender. Like, I don't have a Vitamix or a fucking... Yeah. I think mine's a Cuisinart. Yeah. I just have an old Oster just because it's, you know, retro looking and, you know, it blends stuff. It's fine for food. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine for smoothies or something like that, but it can't chop ice to a consistent level i think mine does okay if i start with small cubes mm-hmm. and just run run the just run it to hell right. and you just keep going that the thing i learned about the frozen drinks is it takes a while like it's yeah. not a fast thing and and you have to kind of shake it to get the get the air out and get yeah. the, it's it is not an easy task so if you're you have to commit and like Okay, I've got four friends. We all want to try this. Yeah, not not necessarily something you're going to do on your own, right? But but if if you're one of those people with too much money and you know, I bet this this would work frozen. I would think the American. Oh yeah, that would be interesting. Uh, Yeah, you lose the fizz though with the slushy. Well, I don't know if you do because when I do the uh, granitas, I use fizzy water i use like tonic water in it and it does still do the weird tickle on your tongue thing like as if 
as if they had been frozen, like the bubbles literally are frozen, <laughs> and then they wake up like, when you put them in your mouth. It's like having Pop Rocks in your ice cream. A little bit, yeah. I think the CO2, it just it's waiting. It's like it, <laughs> it's all stiff. And it and it warms up and oh okay now now I can be all bubbly again bubbly and fun interesting yeah I I recommend uh, and for for those at home so making these granitas you can find the recipes online but you basically do kind of make a slushy in a blender and then you pour it into something that you you can cover with plastic wrap and freeze and then you just use a spoon to scrape it out and put it into like a sherbet bowl or something small. And it's super refreshing. It's really good. And almost any cocktail that you, I mean, you have to cut back on the alcohol because it won't freeze. It won't freeze. But that's part of, like, that's why it works so well as a granita because the texture of a granita is sort of just ice shards in a liquid. Like, it's something yeah. that starts melting the second it hits the bowl. And, and you, you can just keep it in your freezer for a long time, obviously. And when you want it, you scoop a little bit out and you have a little little snack so to speak (laughs) and they're they're really nice very refreshing it's an it's another way to enjoy your plethora of of ingredients and and like uh, try different things the americano would work perfectly because it is low alcohol um i would bet things like satan's whiskers would probably work and oh oh, uh, you know what else might work is the john cameron mitchell which is basically Ooh. oh <laughs> look at your face <laughs> oh my god that would be I might yeah that would be interesting uh-huh I'm, so I'm John a- Cameron Mitchell is uh two and a half ounces of uh blended uh, our, no it's it's the uh, uh the the vermouth the Carpano no oh. is it Carpano uh, no I can't I can't not from the top of my head I know but it's the it's the vermouth everybody loves and uses a lot, and it comes in the big tin, and it's like a liter bottle. That's the Carpano ca, uh, Antica, yeah. Antica, yes. So it's two and a half ounces of Carpano, and then you normally do a like a half ounce of a really peaty scotch, like, again, an Ardbeg or a Laphroaig. Or you can do a float if you like the peatiness. But, I, yeah, I bet you could, you could make a hell of a granite out of that. Super yeah. delightful. That, I might. That yeah. sounds really, really exciting. Uh, I might try that. See what happens. Have you been doing? By the way, uh, the, so the other trend that kind of came and went was carbonated cocktails. I still do them occasionally, I but mo- I I mostly just do gin and tonics because I make my own tonic syrup, and I did a batch recently, and having mm-hmm. those pre-carbonated is really great. Because you just mm-hmm. pour them on ice and you have drinks. Yep, I did. I did. A, martinis work really well, and they're interesting, and people are surprised and excited by them. But now I kind of want to do like a whiskey sour, a bubbly whiskey sour. I bet oh, would be. Oh yeah, I bet that would be great. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised a martini works well because you usually need something that's uh low alcohol to catch all the carbonation like it's weird i will admit that it is weird and you don't expect it but it does work and everyone i've given it to wants more interesting they really like it interesting i don't know i don't know what the thing it also gets you drunk faster for if that's if that's your goal (laughs) the bubbles they go straight to the head they they just get into your bloodstream or something because yeah you can do like and you and you're drinking it because it does take a little bit of that uh liquor 
sting away. The bubbles, I guess, are taking the place of it. And you think, oh, this is, I'm just going to gulp this thing down. And then suddenly you're drunk. So I'll just warn you about that if you, if you do carbonate at home. Okay. Be aware. <laughs> so I, I, uh, like Negronis often don't really carbonate that well. Um, I agree. I, I thought they would. And they're not, they're, they're, they're best on their own without yeah. anything happening to them. Yeah. Um, so I had a couple things I wanted to do story time on, but my drink's empty. Um, well, this is, I'm leaving it up to you because you've got a birthday party and I don't. Right. And it's at six o'clock. So I think we're okay. These All are, I've got is video games and a kitty cat on my lap. These, these are low alcohol. So uh, let's refresh our glasses and then I will, All right. I will tell you about both trick dog and speed rack oh i do want to hear about that okay yes all right all right where'd you go okay so since i'm running out of bottles um, (laughs) (laughs) this one is three quarter aperol three quarter chow charo well I, I don't even know what that is. Uh, Amaro Chow Charo is sort of a Swedish, uh, sweet-ish, um, almost cola flavor Amaro. Oh, okay. All right. Um, I can see that. Uh, it's it's really nice. You should try it if you haven't. Um, but it's on the sweet side. Um, Aperol also on the sweet side. And then one and a half of the Puntimes, and I killed my siphon, so ah. a little short on bubbles. So I did, I doubled down on the bitter. So this is an uh, ounce and a half of Campari, an ounce and a half of your favorite Chinar. Nice. And yeah, so it's again, beautiful color. Mm-hmm. And I did add a slice of lemon there because I already had the lemon and yeah. wine the hell not yeah and yeah if you like the bitter this is this is your drink well one of my favorite things ever is just chinar and soda um do like a nice heavy like two or three ounces of chinar and just top it off in a collins glass with soda and that's delightful on its own so this works uh, amazingly well it is like i said it leans towards the bitter but it's still got the like the kiss of sweetness so it's not as I guess syrupy as you would normally get in an Americano. Mm-hmm. It, but and the lemon just adds a little note there in the end, like a, again a floralness and mm, yeah, this is good. Okay, so story time. Mm-hmm. First story, uh, Trick Dog, your boys from San Francisco, um, and this team was all boys. Uh, took over a bar in Denver called Williams and Graham. Um, it's a thing that Williams and Graham does occasionally. Uh, they go off on sort of team trips to someplace interesting. And while they're gone, they invite other bars to take over. And so maybe a few weeks ago, I guess it was, uh, Trick Dog came out to Denver. And I managed to get there this time. They've done it before. And uh, it was delightful. It was great. Um, they had a menu that was themed uh, on murals, so street art murals. They love their themes. So each drink had a corresponding mural that I 
assume is in San Francisco on the streets. We're we're big about murals. We have a lot of them. Denver's pretty big on it too, uh, which I love. I love street art in general. Mm-hmm. We have an app. We have an app for it. Oh, really? So you can yeah. track them down. You can. You can tag them if you've seen them and and keep track of the the ones. And then other people say, "Oh, there's a new mural. You should go check it out." So yeah, I think it's called. It's either three a.m. or two a.m. or something like that. Don't remember. All right. Uh, let me. I didn't really document the drinks that I had, aside from taking some photographs. But you enjoyed yourself. Uh, so I sat at the bar and um, it was great. It was really low key. Uh, this was before I had started my new job, so it was like in the middle of the week, like a Wednesday or a Thursday or something like that. And I got there just after five o'clock. And so it was really slow and the bartenders were charming. And when I go to trick dog, I have to say, I'm not, I don't sit at the bar. I usually sit upstairs and, uh, I, so I don't get to, don't get to wag my tongue at the, at the bartenders. And I'm also overwhelmed by the menu. I'm trying to figure, (laughs) figure out what I want and, and, uh, sift through the, uh, they're very big on, on menus, um, right, that's a thing they do, right? How, mm-hmm. how often do they change them? I think it's quarterly. I could, I'm almost certainly wrong on that, but I believe it's quarterly, so it gives everybody a chance to come in and see the new menu and try the new drinks. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm I'm on my Instagram, which is a stay at home bartender. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, that's good. I like it. And uh, so I've got the three drinks that I had. Um, the first one was called Greg Galinsky, and as I recall, that was a sort of gin drink, and it had lots of green ingredients that I don't remember. It's on crushed ice, pebble like the tiki pebble ice. Mm, in a Collins, I like that. In a Collins fun glass, fun to crunch. Yeah, and uh, it was really refreshing and really excellent. Um, then. I had a thing called the Strider, mostly because I really liked the mural that was associated with it, which <laughs> which features a palm tree standing in front of the building. So I'm not convinced all of these are in the city of San Francisco because you guys don't have palm trees, do you? We do, actually, uh, down on Dolores Street. Okay. All right. Stand corrected on that. Um, so the Strider was sort of a... Uh, uh, Sazerac type of thing. Mm-hmm. So whiskey drink it, with lots of room in the glass. And I remember that being also delightful. And uh, all the bartenders were really fun to talk to when you were making choices because they would be willing to steer you if you wanted to. And then I was watching other people order uh, at the bar and but they were really smart about it and really sort of, like i said they were very charming they were a good bunch mhm you can't beat a good bartender frankly yeah you are you i am i would say you but i am super forgiving if they're if they are a charming bunch and they make me a bad drink mm. cuz i i've had that happen i'm sure we've all had that happen right right but if they're surly and they're bossy and they're they don't seem to care then you know i don't go back there but if they are charming and 
uh, and they uh, they also tend to see that you're not enjoying your drink, right? right. You're sort of sort of nursing it, or yeah. it's pushed away from you. Uh-huh. Uh, and they and they will take the time to ask, even if they're busy. Like they they're aware of what's going on. Yeah, and oftentimes when you find those places, they will offer you a replacement. And yes, which is great hospitality and. If you find one of those places, you should frequent it as much as possible. Yes, and ask when that bartender is going to be back. Because yeah. I, I don't know about Denver, but in San Francisco, usually the bartenders work at various bars. They aren't at one bar. Right. They're they're making the rounds. Yeah. It it feels like in Denver, most bartenders work at two places, so they alternate. So I would I'd say that's probably true here as well. Um. So the last drink. I had was an up cocktail, I think with whiskey, but, uh, it's called the Mel waters. So two of my three drinks were named after a person. I don't, I don't know who these people were. Uh, I haven't done the research, but, uh, this one had, uh, blueberries as the garnish of a pick with three blueberries. Hmm. And, uh, um, okay. But the drink itself wasn't sweet as you might think with that sort of garnish. Um, it really worked well. I think, I think the blueberries might've been pickled or something weird like that. They were somehow treated, but it was a good drink. Mostly the biggest impression was just how great the guys were like, Mm -hmm. they were gregarious. They made, you know, self-deprecating jokes the whole time. And they really were welcoming. The, my, my impression of Trick Dog is that the drinks do tend to be complicated. They often have a lot of ingredients going on, and lots of infusions and yeah, modified yeah. ingredients. Like even ingredients you recognize are somehow modified, uh, which is a thing these days. Like you'll find strawberry infused Campari in drinks and stuff like that. Um, yeah, and it's sometimes as a drinker hard to tell. What, do I want this from right. reading the ingredient list? How is this going to work? You have to have a sense of curiosity and uh, open-mindedness. And I think you're more often rewarded than not in yeah. those cases. Yeah. I've certainly had my share of, no, this doesn't work at all. <laughs> but as you as we discussed, you, you kind of just turn it back to the bartender like, this, this, my palate and this does not mix. Mm-hmm. Somebody obviously like this. It's not me. Yeah. Just be friendly about it and explain why um, is the only advice I'd say for that sort of situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's um, no reason to get angry about it. And um, yeah, and and there, I think, in all of the occasions uh, I when I've turned a drink away, and it's not that many, but right. they're, they're always... They do want you to have a good time. They want you to be enjoying your time because they want you to come back. Yeah, absolutely. And they don't mind throwing a drink out here yeah. and there. So, yeah, don't if it's if it's not to your liking, definitely let them know. Yeah, and like I said, explain what you were like I was expecting this to be more bitter and this is really sweet and I, I don't really care for it. Yep. They're going to come back at you with something that's right on the nose and going to make you happy. So, and they're coming back to town. Um, they're actually, 
the next event they're doing is really interesting because as I've told you before, Williams and Graham has a sister bar right next door called the Occidental. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and the Ox is more of a neighborhood bar, sort of more beer and whiskey, like beer and a shot kind of bar. And Williams and Graham is a speakeasy type of place where you walk through a bookshelf to get to the bar and stuff like that and leave by the back door. Um, so they're doing a double takeover where Trick Dog is taking over the Occidental and Dead Rabbit is taking over Williams and Graham. Mm. So that sounds really exciting, but that's only that's one night only, and I think it's on a Monday, so I don't know if I'll make it to that. It's cool stuff I've heard, happening. Yeah, heard nothing, but I, I don't even know if I have never heard of this happening here, uh, but that I think that's a really cool idea. Um, because, you know, a lot of us can't get to New York or San Francisco and try out these bars and their stuff. And it, that, that's great. I, yeah, I love it. Do you know if they switch it out? Like, do they, do they get invited to the, to their bars that they invite in? Uh, you know, honestly, I don't, I think it's just Sean Kenyon, the owner of the two bars knows these people. Yeah. And... Because it can't be inexpensive to get people from New York to come in and take over for a night. So, well, I I think they get the till for the nights that they're there. Like I think they're just taking over the bar. Yeah. So I don't know. And they get to see Denver. Yep. And people love Denver when they come to Denver. So come to. It's Denver. a nice city. Yeah, it's a nice city. Denver and Boulder. And mm-hmm. uh, what's the place up on the? Up in the mountains, Breckenridge. Bre- Breckenridge is up in the mountains. It yeah, I, I went there with a friend once, and we just sort of hung. Well, I don't ski, mm-hmm. uh, but I think it's the Continental Divide is there, uh, somewhere Possibly. around there. Sure. And uh, yeah, cute little town. Very, yeah. very lovely. All, all the ski towns are very adorable. Um, Aspen and Vale are sort of the crown jewels, I think. Um, Lots of rich people up there. Lots, sure. lots, of, lots of rich people. <laughs> so it gets weird, but even that's kind of fun. Admittedly, it does get weird, but you're spending like a weekend there. So what the fuck? Right. So other story, other thing that I did out in public, I left my house and everything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Which if you know us, we don't do that very often. Right. Uh, was speed rack. And so for folks that don't know, Speed Rack is a speed cocktail competition that's worldwide, really. They just did one in Edinburgh for the UK regional. And it was founded by uh, Ivy Mix and Lynette... Marina, I'm, I, that's, I probably got that wrong. But I'm letting you swim into this one, I don't know. Yeah. But they're they're both uh, kick-ass lady bartenders from New York, and have been involved with the U.S. Bartenders Guild and all that stuff. So they have all the connections, and they started doing this. They all the money, all the proceeds from ticket sales goes to breast cancer research charities. So good cause. And it's a huge party. Um, <clears throat> and they tour everywhere. They go around the nation, right? Yeah, they change the cities each year, but they seem to recycle. Like, they'll hit 
Denver every couple of years and maybe they'll hit San Francisco every year because like that works out for them. I don't know. Um, so it's worldwide. They do regionals and funnel that up into the finals, which this year are in New York, but have been in other cities other years. And so just, just to set the scene, uh, the one in Denver was in a dance club and Mm -hmm. all around the perimeter were, uh, vendors with their tables set up and free drinks and (laughs) swag and everything. So you could get in really big trouble there. Uh All all the drinks were like not really strong. They were punches. Um, but like Akintoshin was there and giving away these awesome tin mugs, so we got mm. a, we got a couple Akintoshin uh, tin mugs, and just every kind of booze you could think of had a booth, and you could get a free drink from it. So <laughs> sounds like my kind of place. It, it was worth the twenty five buck ticket just in drinks, and then the competition was intense. Um, so the way it worked is there were four judges, all sort of really well-known bartendery people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they would announce and the competitors knew ahead of time so that they could set up their well and have the right things arranged and have the right glassware and everything like that. But each judge would request a drink and then all four of those drinks had to be made as fast as possible and then be judged on taste. So they had to be made well. Yeah. And it was, it was exciting. It was, it was so fun to watch. Uh, Those ladies were throwing booze around like you'd never seen before. (laughs) So are you cheering on your favorite? Did, Did you know anybody? I did. There were uh, two women from my favorite bar, the Rhino Yacht Club, in the uh, sort of final round of the mm. regional. Yeah. Um, and, uh, well, not the final round, but like the, say, quarterfinals, the final eight, mm-hmm. the final eight competitors. Um, and one of those two actually ended up winning the whole competition. So congrats. Wow. Congrats to Alex Jump, who is a recent transplant from Chattanooga to Denver and is uh, related to the Rhino Yacht Club family. But she's she represented hard. She was awesome. <laughs> yeah, I think they I do think they come through here annually uh, and it is like a big party. They have a lot of fun. But it is a competition. They are trying hard to outdo each other, and it is not easy what they what they got to do. Yeah, and one thing I will say is the judges had some great feedback. Like, their feedback, they were really observant. They were really paying attention, and they would always make little cracks about, like, I saw how you did this, <laughs> and you realized you did the wrong thing and then fixed it and stuff. So you took extra time there. That was good. It really makes the drink better. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were observing really well. And uh, also their feedback on like 
how you make the drink was really spot on. And I actually learned some stuff Mm. from the feedback of the judges. For example? Well, so for the final, final round, I forget all four drinks, but uh, Pam Wisnitzer, Wisnitzer, um, ordered a gin fizz, a Ramos riff. Mm-hmm. So, wow. So, yeah, exactly. And she's like, I know I'm going to get heat for this, uh, but I, I want a Ramos riff. You can use any base spirit you want, but I, I want it to be foamy and delicious. And uh, <laughs> the, that round was the most intense sort of competition event I had seen in a long time because uh, Alex, the bartender from Yacht Club, had her drinks basically made, but she had overfilled the fizz. Mm -hmm. So it was going down the side of the glass and she was wiping off the glass. And like even one of the judges was like, just hit the buzzard, like time out. (laughs) But she was making sure the presentation was proper. Yeah, it's not the drink is not done till the drink is done. Yeah. Um, so the timing of the buzzer hits was like four hundredths of a second different. So Alex and then Nicole, the other bartender, just bum <laughs> down to the wire. And it's like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> and then oh. when it came to judging, they started on the opposite end of the line from the fizz. And uh, that judge scored the round evenly. The judges give penalty time, basically. If if you have any problems, with, if any, any issues with your drink, you get like five seconds added to your time mm. uh, or 10 seconds or whatever. Right. So, so first judge was like plus 10 for both of you. Uh, okay, so that doesn't help decide anything. These, these women are perfectly tied. <laughs> Great. And um, second judge, same thing. Plus 10 for both of you. Ah. <laughs> yeah yeah third judge same thing like plus five for both of you or plus whatever for both of you so the ultimate decision was left to pam with her <laughs> ramos variations and she had some great feedback she was like neither one of you really have enough sugar and the sugar combined with the egg is what really makes the texture mm. of, a, of a Rama's f- fizz. Yeah. So, you know, I would agree. So like, that's, that's really, I never really considered it. I've, I always thought it was just sort of the proteins and how booze affects proteins mm. stiffening, but the sugar it's, it's like a meringue it's sugar mm. and egg. So that was enlightening to me and really interesting. And have you made a Ramos since then? I have not. I went through a big Ramos phase because it is an excellent drink, but you it's not something I make for myself. It's not like I come home and I, I want to... <laughs> I'm going to have a Ramos... I, I want to spend 15 minutes making a Ramos gin fizz. Right. Um, but if, if you've got friends around, it's like making... To, for me, it's like making a Pim's Cup. It mm. takes me a while to make a Pim's cup because right. there's a lot of stuff going on in that as well. Yeah, and it's there's there's like a balance of the different stuff, and I also I will only make it with Hendrix and blah blah blah. 
Um, so the yeah, making a good Ramos gin, when you've had a good Ramos gin fizz, recreating that becomes like a, a obsession, right? Uh, because it is such a good drink in every every way. It's so well balanced, and it's pretty, and it tastes great. And uh, but yeah, I would think doing a riff would be. I wouldn't even know where to go. Yeah, Alex's had scotch. It had Auchentosh. Wow. Yeah. I would not go there. I wouldn't even think about that. <laughs> and Pam loved it. The judge loved it. So it was. Wow. That's it. Unless, I guess you'd, yeah, you'd have to know what you're doing for sure. Wow. A scotch gin fizz. Yeah. Scotch, scotch, scotch fizz. Scotch, scotch fizz. fizz. But, uh, yeah, and, and the fun part for me, because I hang out at the Yacht Club a lot, especially before I started my job, um, <laughs> I, I spent a lot of time just during the day at the bar. Um, I and got why to, wouldn't you? I got to watch these ladies practice, and they even, mm-hmm. they even had an event. Um, yeah, I think it was a week prior they did an event at the Yacht Club to have other ladies in the area come practice it might have just been the day before so like the saturday and then the competition was the sunday but uh so they opened the bar to let all these ladies make drinks and you could buy tickets so that you whatever drinks they made you could just come up and claim it with a ticket Mm -hmm. that was a fun time i bet i would go but watch watching watching them practice with just water in bottles Mm -hmm. was so fun (laughs) because it, it it got flung all over the place. They would knock things over and make a mess, and like, it, and you know, I got to be the spectator and just be the peanut gallery, making fun of them the whole time. Do you know if they're coming back? Have they, is this the first one there? No, it's been here before. I think it was a couple years ago. Um, but everybody kept saying how much they enjoyed Denver, um, including Simon Ford, who was one of the hosts. Mm-hmm. And he's hilarious. British guys, <laughs> British guys drinking and talking on stage, or it fits my wheelhouse, I guess. But mm. <laughs> I had a good time just watching Simon stretch time. Sometimes you know, fill fill a void. Mm-hmm. I have not been either, but I always hear really great things. Uh, like I said, it's it's it. Pro- I think it comes here every year. Um, maybe next time I I should go. I really recommend it. Obviously, um, try to have at least one friend, if not a posse, because uh, <laughs> it probably wouldn't be all that much fun if you were on your own there. Um, but it's a really good time. We ended up standing right at the edge of the stage for the last, like the semifinals and the finals. Yep. And just had a <laughs> blast, had a blast. Competitive cocktailing. Yeah. It's really interesting. Uh, one one highlight that is totally incidental, but uh, a friend of ours was the DJ. And apparently they had built the stage in this uh, dance club with the subwoofers under the stage. <laughs> that doesn't seem right. So during one of the lulls between rounds... Obviously, the music gets cranked up and, you know, people are walking around talking and whatever, getting their free drinks. And we noticed that 
there was a water bottle on one of the judges' tables. They had these high top tables that they were sitting at. Yep. There, was, there was a water bottle just dancing, like just vibrating. <laughs> Because the subwoofers were right under the table. I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then when it got to the next round, I think it was the semifinals, they had actually like set drinks down, like, and it was an up drink in a coupe glass. And they had set those on the judging table, and the bass hit, and the drinks just almost shot out of the glass. (laughs) (laughs) So they were all yelling at Dan to, like, turn down the bass. Oh. Yeah, that's not good planning. <laughs> I talked I mm. talked to him later and he was he was like, "Yeah, they they built the stage with the subwoofers right underneath." So <laughs> mm. Well, uh, okay. Yeah. Cuz you know, the subwoofers you can't they're not directional. You can put them anywhere basically. Right. I've been playing speaking of subwoofers, I've been playing uh Mass Effect Andromeda. And uh, when you are cruising around the galaxy, every time you zero in on a planet and you and the and the screen like zooms in on it, there's this huge subwoofer note. It's like, Ooh. and my neighbors must fucking hate me, <laughs> and I don't care. Does it shake your windows? It's really very it's it's effective, I have to say, and it happens because you're you're going from planet to planet exploring. So every time you every time you zoom out or zoom in, you're like, ooh, and and it yeah, it's shaking. It is it is very effective. So subwoofers are awesome. Yeah, buy 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 a bunch if you hate your neighbors. Yeah. Just, Buy a bunch and aim aim them at your walls. All right, you've got to go to a birthday party. Yeah, I do. Um, I need to take a shower today, probably. (laughs) You got a haircut, though. It looks nice. I got a brand new haircut yesterday. Great. All right, Lance. Thanks, Jake, for for doing this again. Yeah, always. And and, uh, to the audience, let, let us know what you want us to get drunk on. Yeah, I mean... We're we're sort of stretching for ideas these days. So uh, where do you want us to go? What do you want us to do? And it's not like we're running out of cocktails to drink. There's a world. <laughs> there's a world of cocktails. That is not going to happen. And I had somebody thank thank me for our uh, last word uh, one, by the way, because she she tried some of the variants and she was very happy. So yeah, the the last word episode actually got some decent attention. So I I like that. Nice. Um, all right, Lance, have a good rest of your Sunday. Um, hope you have a good week. And I, will... I will. You too, Jake. We'll, we'll talk on the interwebs. All right. All right. Bye. Bye. Shit got weird, Lance. Well, that, that's not a bad thing. Ne- necessarily. <laughs>